podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Cricket Podcast. I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello and welcome to the Cricket Podcast with me, Ross Legg. This week I'm joined by Max Rowe Brown. Hello. Two-man pod this week, Max. Lots of pressure on our shoulders. Yeah, don't worry. I'm. Uh, I'm. I believe in us. I, I, do, I believe in us too. We've got a couple new, a couple of new jingles for everybody as well, which uh, I know is pretty much the main reason people listen to the podcast. Um, this week on the show, we're going to be talking around the final test versus Pakistan and England's glorious one-nil series win. It was one-nil in the end, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. Um, Thumping <laughs> the, the classic British summer in August Doing everybody a favour um, We'll also be talking around the Bob Willis Trophy Which is the uh, revamped county championship competition And uh, I'm guessing Somerset are probably going to be mentioned At some point during that um, And we're also going to celebrate Ben Folks, uh, ben Folks Day Ben Stokes Day Which is his celebra- celebration of uh, him dismantling Australia at Headingley Which is... Uh, one of the greatest moments I've ever seen in cricket, I reckon. It could have been Ben Folk's day today. It wasn't far off, but uh, yeah, unfortunately came up just short and uh, doomed Surrey to yet another defeat. Oh, well, I reckon at one point or another you might have a little shrine in your house dedicated to Ben Folk's. He's a very attractive man. Um, wonderful you, hair. Wonderful hair. Wonderful hair. Did you see um, the picture after he took his helmet off um, when he scored a, scored a ton against Kent? In the uh, in this round of fixtures, and <laughs> he took his helmet off, and his fringe was just all just basically covering his face. It was quite funny. Yeah, it kind of looks like something you'd see out of like nine oh two nine oh two one oh or the OC or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like an Abercrombie and Fitch model who's just playing county cricket. Definitely. <laughs> uh, so Max, let's uh, let's play a quick jingle and let's come straight back with the final test versus Pakistan. TV umpire to director, we have a player review for LBW. Original decision is out. Pitching in line, impact in line, and hitting the wickets. I'm going to go back to my on field, please. Michael, you can save your original decision. You're on camera now. Another correct decision from Michael Goff, the man machine. Final test between England and Pakistan ended in a pretty boring draw today, Max, didn't it, at the GS Bowl? Yeah, um, there was a lot of, well, a lot of tension about whether we might get any cricket. They did get some cricket on, which is uh, good, and to the groundsman's credit, but un, uh, unfortunately, yeah, it was all a bit of a damp squib in the end. Did they just get back on so Jimmy Anderson could get 600 wickets? I mean, obviously, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it worked. <laughs> 
<laughs> is it a bit there? So uh, there was kind of rumours going around. Will he continue playing? Will he not continue playing? Um, now he's got to 600. Do you think he's going to crack on? Or is it going to be one of those things where actually we're going to get an early scoop and predict his retirement? Oh, no. He is 100% going to carry on as long as he can. I wouldn't be surprised if he's eyeing up 700 wickets, honestly. Um, I mean, based on what uh, Dan Norcross said uh, the other week when we interviewed him, which is um, very well worth a listen to, by the way, uh, definitely go back and see what he has to say. That was an enjoyable episode to be a part of. Um, but he was telling us a story about how when uh, James Anderson popped into the TMS commentary box and uh, was a little miffed that they were all talking about how old he was and whether he was going to retire. And uh, the um, indication was that he had uh, no plans of retiring anytime soon unless someone took the decision out of his hands. And I don't see why that would change. <laughs> uh, what I did like this week was uh, England's slippery fingers. So uh, there was Burns, Crawley and Broad and then Butler dropping four catches off his bowling in 37 deliveries. Um, I've never seen Jimmy Anderson so close to exploding, I don't think. <laughs> no, but you can't blame him, can you? That's, that is an atrocious period of fielding. Something something <laughs> worthy of a Sunday afternoon in a in a park. Yeah, I, I, just, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, Broad, probably the worst of the lot. Yeah, no, I think it's only fair to rank them, isn't it? In, um, you know, dish out as much shame as we can. Yeah, I think, yeah, Broad was worse than that. I mean, he did kind of make up for it with the run out, which was pretty good. And I don't yeah. know what I don't know what Mohamed Abbas was actually doing there. It, well, he seemed to manage to duck under the ball while not looking at the ball as well, which was um, a little perplexing. But I mean, I, I was wondering if uh, the more cynical among us, Ross, might suggest that Stuart Broad had some ulterior motives for, for dropping that ball and then throwing the stumps down. Um because I don't know if you saw the um, the Sky Sports graphic that they put up when Jimmy did eventually make it to 600 wickets, that um, he was only six balls slower to the milestone than uh, Murley, which um, you know makes you wonder that maybe Stuart Broad, who's you know still in in the 500s with uh, plenty of cricket left in him, might be uh, eyeing up a little uh, a little record for himself. Yeah, that would be a very Stuart Broad thing to do, I think. Um... However, his uh, his drop was uh, only only worse, or, uh, only just worse, really, than Butler's drop. The man with the gloves on. Yeah, a bigger a bigger target to get the ball into, and he missed the entire thing. Just went straight through into his leg, didn't it? Yeah, they, they, what I couldn't understand was that they were talking on the um, talking on the commentary that the ball swung an absolute mile. From my yeah, from my I point of view, that. it looked it, like it just went straight. <laughs> Yeah, I I think they may have been making excuses there. <laughs> uh, and then Crawley, after his um, bludgeoning 267, his eyesight probably just gone. <laughs> yeah, just a bit tired. Just a bit tired. I'll let him off. And then Rory Burns, who honestly looks like a budget pirate at the moment. It's like the worst look <laughs> I've ever seen on a yeah, cricket field. Yeah, just, uh, just needs a little do-rag on his head and he's sorted, doesn't he? Yeah, oh, uh, he's, he's aw- was... an awful, awful... Thing that he's got going on. It was it was a weird one that one because it did go to him quite fast, but uh, he he took it sort of like a, a wicketkeeper standing up to the stumps, like sort of trying to get the the hands round in an arc rather than probably probably should have gone fingers up really because it was sort of shoulder height, wasn't it? So I think yeah, yeah no, maybe I, maybe a question yeah. of catching technique there. <laughs> well, Jimmy Anderson ended with six in the game and 600 overall is uh, Test Chris. So well done, Jimmy Anderson. Um, we do have a jingle to celebrate that that we will play. Um, I mentioned Zach Crawley destroying the bowling of Pakistan with an incredible 267. 
I mean, I, I've not seen an innings like that for quite some time, and especially in an England shirt. Um, he looked, especially at number three. Yeah, he looked he looked absolutely incredible. Yeah, well, um, oh, it was a stunning innings, wasn't it? You've got to give him uh, a lot of credit for that. He looked pretty untroubled, played every shot in the book, really. Um, knocked it all over the park. It was it was phenomenal. Um, and yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of credit in the bank from that. How many Test series do you reckon Zach Crawley is now safe for at number three? I reckon we'd we'd I mean op- at least five without any uh, questions. Uh, he's, he's, he's going to Australia. Oh yeah, oh dear, just on that just on that basis there. Um, I think uh, what is interesting is two hundred sixty-seven runs. That might well be the amount of runs Joe Denley's hit in his entire Test career. <laughs> Uh, I think it might be being a little harsh. <laughs> uh, and then we mentioned Butler a little bit. Um, he was quite boring in his 150, but I mean, proves that he can bat at test level, which is great. Yeah. Um, we were talking a, little, a bit, weren't we? Uh, there's been a lot of chat about he hasn't scored a, a ton for ages, so uh, that's well and truly put to bed now. Um, also took a flying catch down the leg side in Pakistan's second innings as well, which was... Um, pretty impressive um unfortunately as as we mentioned completely undone by the uh, hapless drop um the next morning but um yeah he's he's in the team for the foreseeable isn't he so uh yeah apologies to to mr folks i I think um he'll probably well i'll say that i I would imagine folks will be back in the team for the subcontinent tours if they go ahead because he is better with the gloves and you need someone better with the gloves if we can find a spinner that can beat the bat but, um, but yeah, if. I mean, Butler may be showing, you know, showing uh, credentials of being in the team as a batsman by his own right. Yeah, he's, had a, he's had a fantastic summer. But I did like the stat that, so, uh, that he didn't hit a boundary for 38 overs in his innings. Yeah. Which well, is I mean, uh, that's, uh, you know, I mean, Joss Butler's way of playing and, and the, the one of the reasons that people love Joss Butler so much is his the, the way he the way he plays is exciting cricket, but you know that just shows that he can knuckle down and do the other side, which is uh, really important. And that's sort of one of the reasons I'd say that maybe um, he is showing um, that he could be an option. He channeled his, he channeled his inner Gavaskar there, didn't he? Really, <laughs> which was uh, mightily good. Uh, you kind of mentioned the subcontinent. Um, Rayan from the Down the Ground Cricket Podcast asked, um, "Could we potentially see?" folks coming in at seven and Butler batting at six as a batsman. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of tending to agree that Butler is there, but um, I'll be surprised if those tests even go ahead. I can't see those tours going ahead, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah, um, it, it is looking doubtful, isn't it? And especially as the, the quarantine lists seem to be extending further and further at the moment. So, uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? No one really knows what's what's going to happen. We'll just have to keep our, our fingers crossed for some some winter cricket because it's quite nice, isn't it, waking up in the morning and catching the last hour or so of a test in India or Sri Lanka? Yeah, I, I think they're obviously great places to go and play cricket, but I can just imagine England being England will turn around and be like, well, we're not going to go and do this kind of stuff. You can't guarantee this kind of stuff. And we might end up going to play in West Indies or go and play in New Zealand or even... I can't imagine they'll bring the ashes forward. <laughs> so we're probably going to go and play some test cricket there. Um, but we will have to wait and see. Um, let's move on to Pakistan. Um, Azar Ali tweaked his technique, as uh, Nasser Hussein kept on going on about. 
very, very slightly. Um, and it worked. 141 off of 272 balls. What, a, what, a, what an innings. Yeah, captain's innings, wasn't it? Um, lead, uh, lead by example. And I think it's, to be honest, I think that innings is kind of um, a good example of how Pakistan have played over over these three test matches. Obviously, the, the second one is kind of irrelevant to anything because we didn't really get any cricket at all. But uh, as as a team, they've um, really, really stuck in, really dug in, played uh, played really well. I've been very impressed um, by their... Uh, their ability and their their work ethic as well. I think um, they've given us a real go. And yeah, first test. Argu- I mean, arguably we could be sitting here talking about a Pakistan one nil series win if it wasn't for um, the the strange goings on and that um, final run chase in the first test. So uh, I think a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of credit has to go to Pakistan. And yeah, that was a that was a fine innings. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of mentioned it there around the different kind of Pakistan. I mean, Rizwan. Behind the stumps, actually epitomised the kind of fight that you expect to see, and actually, the, he's he's a bit of a menace, and I'm gr- I'm kind of grow- growing to love him as he does everything seemingly with a smile on his face. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, standing up to a bass as well, did a cracking job, didn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, you compare the standard of wicket keeping between Rizwan and Butler, and there's no competition. No, not at all. No, the, the the glove work is unbelievable. Um, what I do need to mention about Pakistan is that they're quite an inexperienced bowling lineup. I mean, as much as you've got Mohammed Abbas and Yassir Shah kind of there, I think in terms of test match bowling, you've got Nassim, who's apparently 17. Um, you've got Shaheen, who's apparently 20. Um, both of them have a, what they're playing their 11th and 15th and you, what, test what, matches. Uh, what are you getting at there, Ross, with the, with the word apparently? What, Sh- Shaheen, looks like he's, Shaheen looks like he's about 40. And, and <laughs> I've never I've never seen a 17 year old built like uh, Nassim Shah. So uh, just, no, just, uh, just saying, there I... might be um, the the old uh, rings on the old tree trunk might be a little bit different. Maybe, maybe. But when uh, yeah, when I when I saw Shaheen going into bowl the first time, I I did agree with you. Like, there's no way he's 17. But actually, if when it sort of zoomed out and you look at his face, he is a child. <laughs> he's a hundred percent a child, and um, a child with a very very bright future ahead of him. I hope so. I think they showed real encouraging signs and the ball to get Joe Root out in the first innings in this last test match was phenomenal. It was such a good delivery and I think you'll continue to see it. Um, Yeah, there was that Ollie Pope one as well, wasn't there, in the the test before, which was a a doozy. Yeah, so uh, long live that rolling attack and I think they'll only get better. And I think what was great is having kind of um, um, Wazim Akram on the... uh, on the commentary, so Wazim Akram and yeah. Wako Yunus um, in the coaching staff, it's only going to benefit them. They're going to get better over time, um, and I think they'll be a force to be reckoned with. Um, I think they just got their selection wrong a little bit, Pakistan. And think, in what way do you think? I, th- I just think they needed another bowler. They needed another good bowler to bowl out. Yeah, in. the problem is even you know even with the the lineup they had, they were really light on batting. You know, Yasir Shah was coming in. Uh, a bit high, really, and the tail was long, so they didn't really have room for one. Yeah, are you telling me that not every country has a Ben Stokes? Yeah, unfortunately, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing how much Ben Stokes makes a difference to the balance of the side. It's oh. uh, and we, ha- you know, we had it with Flintoff before, not quite as much, um, not quite as an accomplished batsman, re- but uh, still, um, um, yeah, still pretty handy, and it just <laughs> shows how important it is to have that that all rounder in your team. I think. Well, I could say the same thing. Does not every team have a Chris Wokes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's quite something in England, isn't he? 
uh, I think that's all for uh, the test match. Unless you've got anything else to add, Max? Uh, no, nothing. Nothing more from me. I suppose. Well, the one one thing I was a little surprised that they uh, they called it so early with with an hour to go. I mean, I, it was yeah, it was very unlikely that there was going to be a result. But I thought you know maybe give it a, a few more overs with the new ball. You never know that collapses do happen. We've we've seen enough of them this summer. Especially when England and Pakistan clouding. are involved. There's definitely yeah. collapses of glory in that. I saw the fridge bolt, Dom Sibley. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is worth mentioning, isn't it? At one point he had a, uh, an economy rate of infinity after bowling, uh, mm-hmm. I think he bowled three no balls in a row, didn't he? It was absolutely <laughs> atrocious. Never seen anything like it. He got. He really got the yips, didn't he? <laughs> and yeah, on Crickviz, he's uh, anticipated to be, the, predicted to be the worst bowler of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the sh- on the showing he put in this uh, this afternoon, I think that's fair. <laughs> well, as long as he can do it at the bat, I'm okay with that. Um, we're going to play a little jingle, um, one of the new ones, and uh, then we'll come back to uh, evaluate what we learned from the uh, Pakistan versus England Test series. done by James Anderson. We've churned out 600. Classic outswinger. Might be in-swinger time. It goes and goes. Two times 300. And oh, that's a beauty by Jimmy Anderson. Anderson is going to explode. Oh, James Anderson has won a battle there. Take a bow, James Anderson. He will receive the cuddle from everybody in sight. Max, before we get stuck into uh, the lessons learned from the series, uh, where can people find us and what should they be doing? Well, Ross, uh, you can find us uh, at The Cricket Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Stitcher or you can email us, if you like, at thecricketpod at gmail.com. And, um, you know, tell a friend if you like us. Leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, apparently, we like to uh, to get people to do that and get us up the charts. That's, um, that's something that we, um, you know, we want to uh, stroke our egos a bit. And, that's um, what all the yeah. podcast game is about. Right? I'm not doing this for the enjoyment of talking to you, talking about cricket. I'm doing this for the cold, hard rank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the test series, um, ultimately, I thought was... It, was, it had so much promise, and yet the English-British summertime was just it just ruined it, really, didn't it? Yeah, I think I think that's actually the first thing I wrote down on uh, lessons learned from the series. Rain is annoying. <laughs> that, 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 the ECB should have invested that big umbrella instead of the hundred. We knew it. Yeah, we've said it. We've said it enough times. Yeah, <laughs> one day they'll listen. So I think there's only one place to start, really. Um, Broad and Anderson. They've still got it. They were proving it in the West Indies test. Anderson had a bit of a wobble, but now there's no doubt, surely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got, I've got um, Broads for the summer, not just for the Pakistan series. For the summer, Broads taking 29 wickets at 13.4. Um, so I think a lot of credit for that has to go to the selection policy of dropping him for the first test to really fire him up and get him to prove his point. Um 
And then obviously there were the questions about Anderson and whether he would retire, which got him a bit upset. And uh, he's come roaring back to make his way to 600 test wickets. So, uh, yeah, life life in the old dogs yet, I think. And um, especially in home tests. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's, it's interesting you mentioned home tests because I think from an England point of view, I'm not sure they got what they wanted out of the West Indies and Pakistan series. So I thought they wanted to kind of rotate the bowling really understand right, who's going to be able to stand up in a couple of years' time and play in India, play in Australia. Ultimately, they picked bowlers that fitted the conditions for England to win in England. Yeah. Well, I suppose, you know, there's the World Test Championship to think about. There's points that you want to win. And you want, you know, you don't want to lose a home series. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're elite sportsmen. They want to win and they pick the, pick the sides that they think would uh, would would do that best for us. Um, I think there was a mistake not picking Broad in the first test, and you know losing that meant that we didn't have the option really to rotate so much in the, in that third test against the West Indies. And obviously the the rain against Pakistan in in both of those games was was quite annoying and probably put pay to some of those ta- those uh, plans. But I mean Mark Wood only played one test this summer, which will be annoying for him, especially being in lockdown that whole time. Yeah, he he spoke, didn't he, about his uh, Groundhog Day experience? Um, but he's a uh, he's a cheerful chap, so I'm sure he managed to uh, to joke his joke his way through it. I think um, some other some other some other players might have um, struggled a bit more than than Mark Wood in uh, in those circumstances. Agreed. So on the other side of Mark Wood is uh, Jofra Archer. So uh, a bit of a lean. So he didn't take any wickets did he, in this Test match, um, and ultimately. Uh, I think England are not really sure what to do with Archer. So they kind of came into the side as being like, this guy can bowl 90 miles an hour. He's going to be a bit of a pace merchant. Um, ultimately, Archer's trying to find his way in test cricket. It's a really difficult thing to adapt to. And actually, he has spells when he's bowling high 80s, touching 90. But maybe he's just an 85 mile an hour, really talented bowler. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think um, I think that's spot on in terms of England not knowing what to do with him because he's, you know, we've we've tried him in all sorts of roles, haven't we? And the latest the latest role he had uh, in this in this test, the, just gone was the Ben Stokes role in the dead overs of running in and just bowling short at people, and um, well, they were just ducking out of the way, weren't they? And it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty docile pitch, so it's not um, not ideal. Uh, but maybe, yeah, maybe he will be better off on flatter, faster, harder decks in um, in places like Australia and South Africa. Uh, Don Beth is my other point here. Yeah. What is the point in Don Beth? Everyone, everyone seems to like him because he's youthful, youthful exuberance and he's keen to learn. And in my opinion, I don't think Test cricket is the uh, is the place where you learn how to bowl spin. No, it's. Um... It's a fair point. It's a it's a harsh reality, really, isn't it? I mean, he he played six. He played all six tests. He took eight wickets. Um, I'll put that into some context. Uh, Yasir Shah did that in his first test of the summer against England. So, yeah, not um, not a great return. And yeah, I just, I mean, it's there's one there's one thing you know, bowling only taking eight wickets in eight games, but looking threatening. I, I don't get the feeling that Don Best did look threatening in, in most of those games. And um, it was, yeah, just, you know, bowl it, block it. Not really <laughs> much. You know, you, you need to be able to beat both edges, as as they've been saying a lot. And I haven't seen much evidence of, 
of that being uh, a regular occurrence. So with England's, um, uh, well, I think need really for the balance of the side to have someone who can bat a bit to bowl spin, um, at least with the way it's made up at the moment, I think there's definite case for Moeen Ali to come back. Yeah, well, unfortunately, he's just not hit the form as he moaned Ali that he thought he would. Uh, my main thing is just, just give Simon Harmer a um, British a British passport. That will <laughs> solve all the issues. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, I, I agree with that point. And it's just that bit, uh, it's almost uh, made worse by Shane Warne being on the commentary because he just rips into him. He kind of talks you exactly through how you should be bowling where the logic's coming through and all this kind of stuff. And Don Best just really wasn't doing any of that. And it's all well and good being a uh, a quick learner, but he was kind of almost being told what to do and then doing it. To me, that doesn't scream elite level spinner. No, I mean, there's, a, there's a knack to being a good spin bowler, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I, I I know all about that as, a, as an elite spinner myself. But uh, <laughs> no, it, it's... Uh... It's quite interesting having Shane Warne on the commentary, actually, with with you know being able to impart that knowledge and and steer you through what's what's happening. And there was a a good segment um, a couple of days ago on the on the Sky coverage and that player's own thing where Shane Warne was talking to Don Bess and um, Don Bess was talking through what he was trying to do. And he he did he struggled to articulate it a bit. What I found what he was actually trying to do, and um, and Shane Warne was giving him a few suggestions and pointers and you could actually see him talking to some of the England coaches afterwards and it looked like he was motioning sort of to explain what Shane Warne had been and saying to him in that moment so I mean you know there's there's a desire there obviously to learn and get better and you know you should give him a lot of credit for that but I think um yeah for now it's I think someone else should get a go I mean Jack Leach has not bowled badly when he's played for England and he's bowled with a lot more control from what I can see a lot fewer bad balls in an over and if you're not taking wickets you do at least need to build the pressure so yeah I, I agree with that. I think I think on the uh, one of the previews we said that when um, some of the warm-up games are happening that Jack Leach was hit for a couple of sixes um I'm actually not of the opinion now that that's actually too bad for a spin bowler I think look, look at Yasser Shah Yasser Shah might go for a few runs but he gets wickets he moves the game along and actually sometimes you just have to take that risk yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, that's when uh, you know that's. There, I guess there are two ways, aren't there? As a as a spinner, that you you get those wickets. One is if the batsman doesn't come at you at all and lets you get into a rhythm when there's um, danger about, and the other one is, you know, drawing them in a little bit of flight and guile. <laughs> get you, that, you're, get you're, that you're not you're not going to take. Murulithran took what eight hundred wickets, and Warren took seven hundred wickets. Don Bess is not going to take a hundred wickets. <laughs> you're not you're not going to take that many wickets by bowling darts. I'd make that bet with you, but I don't want to. <laughs> uh, what else do we learn, Max? Is there anything else you've got written down? Um, well, we I uh, said it already, but uh, Butler's in. For, yeah, but Butler is in for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Crawley's in too. for a while I, 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 when, when Dan Norcross is on I thoroughly enjoyed his love of Joss Butler because yes, he was yeah, my yeah, love yeah. of Joss Butler and that, that, is, that is that bit of just it is great to see him do well mm. great to see him oh, he's, he's a he's a lovely lovely chap as well always you know always got a smile on his face you know, we don't want him to do badly but we just want him not to drop the ball all the time <laughs> so so polite Max uh, anything else? 
Um, I suppose one other thing is that people have been talking a little bit about Roy Burns has not had a, a great summer. He's struggled a little bit with the bat, which is true. But um, I think any talk of uh, his demise is beyond premature until you can name me someone who can walk into the side to replace him. Yeah, and I think um, Roy Burns kind of almost just taking blow after blow in the uh, Ashes series kind of gets him a bit of credit in the bank. Yeah. Um, he also missed... It was in a rich vein of form. You could you could kind of say he batted um, relatively well on the tour of uh, New Zealand, and it was just that unfortunate injury that he got. Yeah, I think a lot of people have forgotten that as well. That actually, in the lead up to uh, to the sort of the global pandemic and the lockdown, he hadn't played any cricket because he had ankle surgery, and then <laughs> he went into a period of still not playing cricket. So he was probably a little undercooked compared to uh, a lot of others. Um, well, that wraps up the um, series, and I think it was great that Pakistan came over and played. Um, I think they are a fantastic team, and uh, I'm going to miss seeing Yunus Khan on my uh, on my uh, TV screens. Yeah, I think it's been a really good series. It's been a real shame about the weather because um, this cricket's been great, uh, been thoroughly enjoyable, absorbing, pretty even between both teams, and um, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of hope for Pakistan in the future. I think. Uh, so that wraps up the uh, series between England and Pakistan. The 2020s yeah, and the Vitality I Blast know. start later on this week, which is uh, a rather exciting bit. Um, T20 cricket with no World Cup kind of looming, ultimately I think feels a little bit pointless, but I'm sure it'll be a good laugh. Yeah, well, it certainly feels a lot more pointless than it would have done this summer. I think it's, it loses a bit of its edge. And also, um, yeah, the the Blast will... Um, well, will it suffer from uh, from a lack of uh, drunken post-work crowds on a Thursday night running onto the pitch? Well, I don't I'm, know. We'll we see. Are, yeah, well, I'm certainly going to miss running onto the oval butt-naked, but, you know, that's just uh, <laughs> my own personal thing. Um, right, so let's, have, let's play a jingle and we'll be back in a second. <laughs> So before we get um, cracking into the Bob Willis Trophy, Max, it's um, Ben Stokes Day. So the yep. heroics of uh, Headingley last year, where he uh, batted out and ruined uh, the Australians' big day out. Um, what I do like to highlight is that Australia are back in England. They chartered flight into Derby. Derby? Into Derby. So they're staying where Pakistan is. So I guess they flew into East Midlands Airport if we're going to be really boring as a oh, okay, podcast right. talking about which oh, airport like Derby they had some special, uh, some special charter airport that the Australians had. So, but they are they are back, and um, I just thought it'd be a great idea that we just celebrate those very good moments um, and just relive them a little bit, Max. I think uh, the Nathan Lyon drop. Yeah, that's one of the um, Lyon has dropped seen. the ball. <laughs> uh, we, we then had uh, Jack Leach and his glasses frantically uh, wiping. Do, what, do we think that was? A, was that a ploy, 
or was it just sweat? I mean, as as a glasses wearer, I'm I I'm on Jack Leach's side. I don't wear glasses when I bat anymore, um, and that is one of the reasons why. So I've got a little theory about this. I think it's um, that elite level performance coaching where you have to like embed a routine. So I reckon oh, like you, Jonathan you, Trott and yeah. uh, and the chasm. Yeah, so yeah, you had to put like the left shoe on first, then the right shoe. I think every, nearly every ball Jack Leach to get in the mindset of his elite sports personality had to do a little bit of a clean of the glasses <laughs> to make sure he was <laughs> optimal for batting out one ball and over. Clear glasses, clear mind. <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. Um, the reverse hit into the stand from Ben Stokes. Oh, God, it was so Probably good. the most audacious, probably the most audacious shot I've ever seen in on the cricket field. Yeah. Is absolutely phenomenal, and then um, Pat Cummings just bowling a short, wide one. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what about the what about the review? Oh, I, I, I forgot about the review when we talked about it last year. I forgot about the review again. Uh, yeah, the review was hilarious of uh, Tim Payne burning the one on Jack Leach, which pitched outside leg stump, and then uh, and then Nathan Lyon bowling that one, which Ben Stokes to this day is still adamant he wasn't out, even though DRS I, said he was I'm, out. I'm with Ben. Honestly, I uh, I I think Hawkeye picked it up wrong. I think it um, got sort of the missed the flick off the uh, the front pad, and um, took that into account in when it hit the back pad. If you if you look at how it how it tracked through, mm. I I don't think necessarily that it would have been uh, missing, um, but I think it might have been umpire's call, and I think he might have still been. You know, I think the umpire was decision would have possibly been upheld. Well, we can only maybe thank, I'm clutching at straws. We can only thank Darmasena for that and Tim Payne re- wasting or burning through their review, um, and then just the jubilation at the end. What, what a moment that was! I remember uh, sitting in the pub watching that. We were supposed to go to Notting Hill Carnival uh, about one o'clock, and then we were supposed to go at two o'clock, and then we were supposed to go at three o'clock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and never I was, made it. I was supposed to be at the pub, and I was late, but so was everyone else. So it was fine. <laughs> Um, so that wraps up. So happy Ben Folks Day, everybody, and uh, commiserations. Ben Stokes to... Day. Oh, I've said Ben Folks Day again. I've done it again. Oh, it's you just um, subtly poisoning my little ear. That's what. I, that's what I reckon it is. I'm gonna be just a big fan now. I'm a worm have... tongue. Yeah, I'm gonna have a uh, very niche Lord of the Rings joke there. Um, what we want uh, now, though, Max, is a bit of a brief update on uh, the Bob Willis Trophy to wrap up the show. Yeah, sure. So. Um... I mean, the Bob Willis Trophy, it's, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is replacing the county, champion, county championship this year as uh, the uh, the Red Bull tournament for, for county teams. Um, three groups, North, Central and South. Uh, Somerset somehow are in the Central group. Don't ask me how that works. Um, with the two best, well, teams with the two, two teams with the best record from all the three groups going into the final at Lords on the 23rd of September, which if, uh, well, the last week or so is anything to go by is going to be beset by torrential rain and winds and won't happen. So I was, I was thinking about this, uh, could they not do indoor cricket? <laughs> so if it, if it all fails, could they set up like a six aside indoor and televise that? Are you going to watch that? I'd watch I'd watch professional athletes almost killing each other in a sports hall. Yes. All right. Well, pitch it. Maybe. <laughs> I think a big umbrella would be better. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it's reaching the uh, reaching a bit of a climax, reaching the uh, the business end with uh, a round of fixtures to go. Um, so Somerset, Worcestershire, 
Derbyshire, Yorkshire, Essex, Kent and Middlesex all within a shout um, of of that final day. Um, how, are, some, how are Surrey doing? Uh, so, yeah, that is the next thing on my list. Um, <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say Somerset today. Um, they bowled Glamour, uh, was it Gloucestershire out for uh, less than 100 in both innings? <laughs> yeah, Craig Overton's uh, on, on one, isn't he? The old, the, the old England farm boy who's doing very well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been... Um, I think, uh, yeah, Somerset and Essex seem to be uh, running away with it a little bit. Um, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes into those final rounds of fixtures. There's um, also been yes. some random people who've hit centuries in it, haven't they? Like Jamie Overton, and pretty much a number 10, number 11 bat, smashed a century. Yeah, well, and uh, we mentioned as well, didn't we, that um, 530 for one... With the uh, um, nineteen-year-old, was it nineteen-year-old debutant scoring a, a double ton? You got a double a ton, and then uh, took a picture outside um, with a fan, and then had to go into a two-week quarantine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was worth it. Definitely <laughs> worth it. Um, yeah, no, as as you've uh, alluded to, Ross, uh, Surrey are the only team to have lost all of their games. They are sitting on fourteen points from four, which is a, uh, a paltry return to say the least. And um, yeah, the, they were in with a shout today at the Oval, um, chasing 192 to win against Kent after. Um, uh, well, it was, you could you could bill it as the battle of the OAPs, couldn't you? It was uh, Darren Stevens and Ricky Clark. Ricky yeah, Clark well, took a took a fifer. Um, uh, to bowl, sorry, back into the game only for Darren Stevens to reply with a with a forfeit and uh, and deny deny sorry. Ben Ben Folks was sort of holding the innings together for sorry with a with a fifty in the second innings after his uh, one hundred and eighteen in the first innings, but strangled down the leg side and um, and and yeah, sorry, ultimately finished seventeen runs short, which is by far the best they've done all season. See, and Darren Stevens, it makes me feel better about myself when uh, I'm playing kind of Sunday cricket and an old silver surfer comes on and gets gets Pfeiffer because I'm just like, well, he's probably as good as Darren Stevens is, really. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, I, so, I mean, on on Surrey, obviously, uh, I, I will bang on about them as long as I can because that's, that's me. Um, but I think we should cut them a little bit of slack for being bottom. Um, because well, they have to put up with the currents all the time. <laughs> Maybe that. Uh, no. Uh, so in the first round of fixtures uh, against Middlesex, the opening game where there were there were fans actually. Apparently that pilot went very well, um, so that's promising. But uh, they were missing fourteen players for availability, <laughs> um, and actually ended up having to sign Laurie Evans and Adam Finch on emergency loans. Um, I thought I would I would read out for you. Uh, Eleven of of those players, and see how you think it would it would fare as a as a first class cricket team. Um, it's a little light on the batting, it has to be said, but uh, it's it's not bad. Okay. So uh, Rory Burns, obviously uh, with the England Test team, um, Hashim Amla, stuck in South Africa because of because uh, of the quarantine rules. Uh, Ollie Pope, in the England Test team, of course. Jason Roy with the one day squad. Uh, ben Folks um, sat around being the twelfth man a lot. Uh, Sam Curran, England Test team. Liam Plunkett injured. Tom Curran, ODI team. 
Reese Topley, ODI team, slash injured. Morning Morkel, stuck at home. Jade Dernbach, injured. And then there's four other bowlers <laughs> who aren't as good as the people I've just mentioned. But uh, it's quite a list. Yes, yeah, it's not bad, is it? It's not bad at all. It was Dean Elgar supposed to come back and play for you this year as well, because he's always uh, been a bit of a stalwart for Sturry. Uh, I think um, I think Hashim Amla was the uh, was the Dean Elgar replacement. So I'm wondering, uh, yeah, well, uh... yeah, it was it was looking uh, at first to be a very very promising year for Surrey with the, the signings they'd made and and Hashim Amla coming in, but um, yeah, not to be. Never mind. Well, so it's okay. They're uh, they're flush with cash. They'll be fine, won't they? Them, them finishing yes, bottom isn't yes. isn't a uh, isn't a worrying sign. No, um, on yeah, on on the Surrey side of things, they're probably safe from going under, which is uh, less than can be said for a lot of the other counties. Did we, have we mentioned yet? Actually, that um, ridiculous suggestion from the ECB. Uh, I, I don't. I don't really want to give time. Yeah, I don't really want to give Colin Graves any airtime. If I'm perfectly honest, like he's just an absolutely repugnant individual when it comes to the cricketing world. What so, one absolutely preposterous thing to suggest for uh, for a sport that you run. Yeah, like, imagine imagine Gareth Southgate coming out and being like, do you know what, I'm pretty much, or him and Prince William having a chat and going, do you know what, I reckon half the Premier League and all the English <laughs> players should, should, yeah, they should, they should work down co-op and go and play elite, football, elite sport. Absolutely bananas. Yeah, well, um, well, we'll put that one to bed then. Uh, yeah, um, so it should be exciting. I really like the. Uh, I think we've spoken about it before. I really like the idea of a, a Lord's Showpiece final. Um, so hopefully we do actually get some good cricket out of that. And um, yeah, Simon Harmer's another one who's been in pretty devastating form um, during uh, during the competition. So um, yeah, we'll we'll be looking out for him. Hopefully, uh, getting a, a British passport sooner rather than later. Three years of a thirty-odd-year-old <laughs> spinner again. No, that'd be that'd be ideal. Uh, he thinks it's not going to happen, does he? Because of Brexit. So Brexit is another great thing. You miss out <laughs> miss out on an unbelievable spinner. Well Did, done, Lee voters. <laughs> didn't think about that, did they? Also, didn't think about the agreement we've got with the EU, where we can send um, people who come over in boats back to where they came from because of the EU. Um, whereas now, actually, we can't. But let's not get into politics. Well, let, let's hope that um, Syria have some good spinners. That's what I can always that's what I can say. That's all I can <laughs> oh, say. God. Um, and on that delightful note, um, thank you very much for listening to the show. Um, as Max said earlier in the show, please subscribe on Apple, follow us on Stitcher, Spotify, leave us a review, and follow us at the Cricket Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs> The Cricket Podcast. I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good.